there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is that old trifling bitch, Brandon. <laughs> How you doing, Brandon? <laughs> That's the greatest thing anyone's ever called me. <laughs> I've been waiting <laughs> like a whole week to call you All an old week. trifling oh, bitch. Man. <laughs> I was like, should I do it? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's accurate, man. <laughs> Did we ever look up what trifling even means? <laughs> I did. What does it mean? It's like trifling, you know? Oh, you just... Uh, okay, <laughs> I accidentally looked it up and it gave me tiefling from Dungeons and Dragons. So I don't know how to Well, there you go. It. There you go, you old tiefling bitch. <laughs> oh my god, Brand, How are you doing this, how are you doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing a lot better now. Now that you're a trifling bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lifted my spirits. Oh my god. Did you do anything awesome this week? <laughs> no. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> oh my god, good, because I have so much to say. <laughs> oh, alright, let's get to it. Okay, so, hold uh, oh man, do you remember that one time when we were recording and my son whipped his VR controller into the window and it shattered? I think about it at least once a day. Um, I think it was during one of the slappy episodes, the Goosebumps. Um, well, we finally got our window repaired this week, and it's really cold outside, Brandon. It's winter, we got a whole bunch of snow yeah. the other day, it's so cold outside. And our, our window is like a floor-to-ceiling window almost, you know? So they came in and they had to repair it. And they took out the whole fucking window. And my house was so goddamn cold, Brandon. I was freezing in my office. How long did it take? It took hours. Oh, man. I was so cold. My poor baby. I was like wrapped up in a blanket trying to do work. And they were over there like drilling and shit. And I was just like, oh, oh. please. <laughs> Had a barrel with a fire in it in your house. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it was so chilly, Brandon. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad it's fixed. Yeah, me too. It's nice. Now I can open up my windows in the summer and I can get a nice delicious breeze in the house. It's gonna be great. Hopefully a uh, controller doesn't break that. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad if that happens again. Well, don't jinx it. I can't. I can't do that, Brandon. Let me just take it all back. Oh, but other than that, Brandon, we, uh, my wife and I, we signed up for a Comic-Con. We're going to be having a booth at a Comic-Con this weekend. That's so cool. I know, right? Can't wait. M- my wife, she makes wax melts, right? So we're going to be uh, over there selling some wax melts to the peeps. We're going to get some smelly stuff. I also made business cards for the podcast, so I'm going to have those sell- put out there. Because I was like, why yeah. not sell my slip oh, those. Oh, <laughs> slip those in people's hands. I expect our viewership and listenership to be like doubled for sure after this. oh yeah people I'm be like, see those and hop right on the internet i know i'm gonna be like oh you like wax melts well do you like podcasts too hmm. I have <laughs> yes something the venn you. diagram of <laughs> wax melts aficionados yep and podcast listeners are like it's pretty much a circle well we have a couple of goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark themed wax melt smells so you want me to give you my list here <laughs> Yes, please. Let's hear it. Well, we have Laughing in the Dark, right? And that one smells like cigar smoke and chocolate pudding. <laughs> oh, inject that into my veins. Oh, it's 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 an interesting aroma, I will say. It reminds me of some sort of Zebo the Clown of sorts. We also made uh, Monster Blood, which is the color of Monster Blood, but it's pistachio. Yeah. It's pistachio flavored. Ooh. All right. I was like, uh, what's green? Pistachios. Let's do that. <laughs> And the other like one, it. the last one is uh, Go Eat Worms. <laughs> yes, sir. 
and it smells like um worms yeah well we it smells like rainwater and like plants a little bit you know just kind of like earthy it's gonna be yeah. great people are gonna be like i want to eat worms i remember that book you know i'm gonna go buy it i'm gonna eat these wax melts and i'll be like hey you know what why don't you re- visit your childhood with a podcast it's the perfect sell i think i mean i'm sold i'm downloading it right now excellent excellent <laughs> my plan's working brandon but i will uh i'll probably post some pictures and stuff on instagram even though this episode's gonna be out like three weeks after the fact but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's come join fine. us it's folks fine. you know you live in michigan mid- midland where the comic con's at at least one of you probably lives in michigan right i'm sure ah, whatever you'll know about it and then three weeks after the fact you'll be like no <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this episode of Tales from the Crypt? Do we have to? Yes. Yeah, we do. Oh, okay, let's do it. All right. Well, I I watched this uh, little episode called Lover Come Hack to Me. Is that what you watched? Yeah, we watched the same episode. Oh, thank God. I feel thank like one God. of these weeks, it's gonna, you're going to be like, no, I, I, I watched something else. And I'll be like, fuck. <laughs> we'll just talk about each one separately. Oh my God. It'll be like two quick episodes. What did you think of Lover Come Hack to Me, Brandon? Oh boy, I'll give I'll give this to Lover Come Hack to Me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't see some of the developments coming. Okay, that- I was watching it like, oh, I know everything that's gonna happen. This is gonna happen, and this is gonna happen, and it uh, threw in some curveballs there. Did you like the curveballs though? There were curveballs <laughs> present. <laughs> okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate this episode. No, I. I look. I don't think I've hated. I don't think I've hated any episodes we've recovered yet. No. Uh, and that includes Are You Afraid of Dark and Goosebumps, not Brandon. But um, I wouldn't go that far. But I don't know what the the like the basement is for Tales from the Crypt. I don't know like how low it can go. I gotta say, Brandon, I don't think that I hated this episode by any means. But man, I think it's probably my least favorite of the five so far. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? If this is the worst episode of Tales from the Crypt, that wouldn't be so bad. I feel like it's not going to be the worst episode, Brandon. I feel like we're going <laughs> to get worse than this. I'm hoping this is the worst episode, but this episode also had things to enjoy. It had butt cheeks, Brandon. Spoilers. Exactly. That's what I was talking about. It had butts. When I say things, I mean one butt cheek and then the <laughs> other one. <laughs> yeah, man. What a time to be alive. 1989, you're turning on the tube and you get butt cheeks. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Worth every penny. Uh, HBO subscription coming in clutch. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Do I just get into it? We've spoiled basically everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. This episode of Tales from the Crypt starts up with a piece of meat on a table, Brandon, and then... Suddenly, a cleaver, like, chops into it. And the camera pans up to our best buddy, the Crypt Keeper, who says it's good to have us back. What a sweetheart. And that we're all just hungry humans. He knows we know that Crypty is here to feed our fears. He's got another flesh-creeping scream story for our shivering pleasure. What a sweetie, Brandon. He's delivering I like this intro. He's like, it's ya boy, the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) He really is. Ready to serve you up another juicy tale. He's like, finally, we're out of the pilot episodes, you guys. <laughs> yeah. This is the real meat of the story now. Oh, my God. Get out of here with your puns. He opens up a book saying that he's calling this bite 
bitter bile lover come hack to me and he giggles then he commands us to plump up that coffin pillow and settle back our bones because we're getting a little ride to honeymoon hell the picture in this book for this episode is really interesting brandon i like it quite a bit it's got like a woman in the foreground who's smiling as she's like laying an axe or something into another person on the ground and behind this guy there who's in a robe (laughs) there's another woman behind him and she also has an axe raised up about to chop down on him axes for days on this cover but i gotta say i gotta say they did my boy dirty on this cover (laughs) if you zoom into his face oh let me look at it it is it is not the most flattering photo of it hold on i have to just grind this podcast to a halt to look at it because i didn't look that hard oh man oh no (laughs) 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 he's got lots of lines on his face (laughs) interesting he's just like he looks like a meme honestly he does it's great stuff that aside though really cool cover (laughs) This fades us into our story, which shows us the Justice of Peace Church. And it looks like there's a little wedding going on. A very little wedding. (laughs) Yeah, about four people. There's a bride and a groom in black, right? And then they smooch. And the groom literally runs off to go load the car. Like, he kisses her and he's like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. The bride's aunt and uncle are standing on the porch. And I mistook, mistook them for her mom and dad, because why wouldn't I for a moment there? But the aunt walks down and sits, and she's saying, Peggy, you'll live to regret this day. And Peggy swivels around in a meek voice, and she says, Please don't spoil my happiness. And she walks away as Aunt Edith is all, Peggy, I'm, I'm only thick about your happiness. To further her happiness spreading point, she walks over to the groom saying, You know what? You'll live to regret this day, too. Everybody's going to regret it. I mean, it, it, look, I have a... <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this later, Brandon. <laughs> Much later. It doesn't make sense yeah. to me. There, so the the groom, his name's Charles, and he slams the trunk closed on the car, and he turns around to ask his aunt-in-law why he would regret marrying the woman of, that he loves. And Edith, right. Edith Huff's saying, you don't love her. You love her fortune that their mother left her. You love her stocks and bonds and her real estate and that big old house. And Charles interrupts her saying, and you don't love any of that? Give me a break, auntie. You've been sponging off of Peggy for 20 years. And Aunt Edith corrects him saying that she's been protecting Peggy from people like you. She'll continue to protect her. She ain't doing a great job then. Yeah, she got all the way to the marriage. Like, <laughs> Come on, up Edith. There, Aunt Edith. Come on now. You're there like as a witness. Like You're not doing a great job <laughs> protecting her from this. She's kind of dumb. Well, Charles, you know what? He says... We'll be back in a week. Be sure to leave a forwarding address, okay? And Edith tells him, You can't make her leave her house. She was born there. But Charles ain't taking her shit, saying, Well, guess she'll just have to find someplace else to die, and gets inside the car. And it gets kind of sweet now, saying, Ready, honey? And Peggy says, You know it. And so he tells Aunt Edith goodbye. And the camera closes up closes up all up to Edith, and she stares after them. And the car rips out of there with a trail of cans, because that is classic just getting married stuff oh yeah i've never seen like a car with a trail of cans behind it but i feel like i'd be annoyed by it <laughs> only on tv shows yeah it's not a thing at least i don't i've never seen it we cut to the car driving at night and there's a big thunderstorm brewing brandon mm, classic stuff at the driver's wheel charles looks over to peggy and asks if she knows where they are 
But Peggy's got a map in her hands, but she just does not know how to read maps, Brandon, because they are confusing as fuck. Yeah, maps suck. They sure do. I wonder how long, how long was she staring at that map, like being the navigator, before being like, oh, I don't know how to read maps, by the way. <laughs> it's been a while. She's just like, uh, take a left here. Nah, take two rights. Oh my like, god. Okay. okay. <laughs> Where are we, by the way? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She's the worst map reader. Charles snatches that and says, oh no, look. And we do look at a fallen tree that's blocking their way. Peggy assumes it was from the lightning. And the car comes to a stop and Peggy asks if Charles can move it. <laughs> to which Charles says, girl, you crazy? Look at the size of it. <laughs> I get soaking wet. Oh, did I forgot to mention I'm the Hulk? <laughs> I mean, he kind of looks a little bit like a Hulk, right? He's pretty buff. I mean, his butt cheeks are. <sighs> Man, them butt cheeks. Whew. He complains that he's going to get soaking wet. But Pe- Peggy tells him, yeah, but if we go back, it'll take all night to get to the hotel. You don't want to spend our whole wedding night on the road, do you? Charles tells her, I guess not. You got a flashlight in here? Peggy tells him, sure do, in here. And she opens up the glove compartment and a gun falls out, Brandon. Uh-huh. She looks at Charles, who grabs the gun and asks, uh, is this yours? And Peggy shakes her head saying she ain't never seen that before. Charles just assumes it's a wedding present from Aunt Edith and says that he'll take care of it. Sure. (laughs) He opens up the door and gets out telling Peggy to wait there. I got questions about this gun. (laughs) What questions you got, Brandon? (laughs) Alright. Well, I mean, it's spoilers, but I can just tell you right now. Why the hell does he have that gun there? If he's the one who brought it. Why is he like, oh, by the way, I've got this gun. Like, why would he even give that away? Beats me. He's the worst. <laughs> That's so stupid. It's pretty dumb. It's literally just to, you know, introduce the gun into the story so that it doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, it is. And he's just like, uh, is that yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of that, though. There's a lot of, like, just bad acting. I mean, after all this episode. <laughs> Uh, outside in the rain, Charles starts trying to move a giant-ass fucking tree from blocking the road. <laughs> he struggles with it a whole bunch and gets soaking wet, and he hears a noise. And we look over and at a, a house. It's a Dilophosaurus. Oh, if only. Dude, dinosaurs would make any episode better, wouldn't it? I hope there's a dinosaur episode. I don't know why there would be. <laughs> a dinosaur? We haven't, we haven't gotten a lot of dinosaurs in these. Oh my gosh, have we gotten any shows? dinosaurs? We've gotten a giant lizard, which is the closest we're ever going to get. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, he looks over at a house at the end of the street, and there's an open window, and he looks at it for a moment and then jumps back in the car yelling, Shit, I'm soaked! This makes Peggy (laughs) flinch, okay, because she has virgin ears. Yes. And he says, they gotta turn around, and then looks at the ignition where the keys are gone. Okay, and he asks Peggy, hey, where are the keys? And she shrugs saying she doesn't have them. And that he probably took them out with him. And he checks his pocket and Peggy sighs, asking what they're supposed to do. What the fuck? Where are them keys? I don't know. (laughs) Alright, well, that's that. I guess we're just stranded then. (laughs) We cut outside where Peggy and Charles are running to the house yelling, Hello, let us in. Anybody home? And Peggy says that she's scared. And Charles screams, They're always scared, Peggy! <laughs> then he comes Happy down. wedding day, Peggy. <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes down a little saying, 
Looks like the house is all ours. And Peggy's all, you're going to break in and enter? How, how did he decide that the house is empty? He's like, hello? Well, no one answered in five seconds. I guess this house is abandoned. It's, the house is now ours. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, the house is huge. So even if you, like, if you were on the other side of the house, you wouldn't hear it because... Oh, there's a thunderstorm going on, too. So, of course, you're not going to hear anything. Oh, <laughs> also that... <laughs> Well, he didn't get an answer, so it's theirs now. They can just break and enter. Yes. So Charles, That's the law. Charles gets a little sassy, said, no, we're just going to stand here all night and catch our death in the cold. And we see Peggy shift awkwardly. And she, pause, she, she pushes something on the ground, which reveals a key underneath it. So she just kind of happens to be like, oh, my God, look what I found, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's the keys to this house. You're going to break in? Uh-oh, I found a key. <laughs> Charles walks over and snatches it with a smile, saying, guess we were meant to go in. And he uses the key on the door, and it opens up just no problem at all. And they go to step inside, but Peggy Peggy stops, and she says, Oh, Charles, don't you think... But she kind of stops, and Charles, all, and Charles yells, Think what? <laughs> and she giggles a little, saying, Don't you think you should carry me over to the threshold? And Charles just stares at her for a second, then says, all right, <laughs> picks her up and carries her into the Whatever. House. That's kind of like a thing for the house you own, not just some random fucking house on the side of the road. They own this now. This is their house now. Look at me. I'm the homeowner. <laughs> Pretty much. Look, they found the keys. That's Dibsies, isn't it? <laughs> Finders keepers. There you go. Inside, they have a quick look around at all the creepy decor and shit, and the walls are all peeling. It's clearly an abandoned house, I guess. Peggy sees a phone and asks if she should call AAA, and Charles tells her, yeah, sure, if it works. And uh, he, he goes to grab the bags, and he leaves the house for, like, literally two seconds and walks back in with the bags, which I didn't see them carrying in, but you know what? It doesn't really fucking matter. He pulled the car up. Onto the porch. Somehow. They don't know how they move that tree, but whatever. Peggy Peggy tries the phones, and she turns to ask him how he knew the lines were dead. And he's like, what do you expect? Obviously, nobody's been living here. It's not like I've been paying a phone bill. Alright, come on, let's go exploring. So they do, Brandon, explore. They do. A couple make their way to another room, which looks like maybe the living room. There's a fireplace with a gigantic axe hanging above the mantel. <laughs> A ridiculous looking axe. Like, this uh, looks like... It's like an executioner's axe. <laughs> this is like a Klingon Star Trek axe. Oh my god, it's outrageous. They look around it for a second, and Charles says, Looks like nothing's been touched for 20 years. And Peggy gasps, super loud. And they look at the axe, just chilling there. And Charles asks, What's wrong? It's just a family portrait. Probably someone's mother-in-law. We'll all get it. <laughs> Old old mother-in-law battle axe like Aunt Edith. Yeah, we get it, Charles. <laughs> it wasn't a great joke, and you explaining it does not help. No, and he just keeps going with it. Peggy <laughs> looks down at the fireplace asking, Was this put here for us? The fire looks like it's been recently laid. Charles lights that shit up, and Peggy says that she thinks fires are totally romantic, Brandon. He agrees, and then tells her to take her clothes off. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happens. Peggy's all, say, what now? And Charles tells her, take your clothes off so they can dry. And it's about time that they saw each other naked. After all, they're married now, Brandon. So Peggy hesitates a little, saying, yeah, for sure. Let me uh, get my bag. 
And Charlotte tells her, okay, sure, whatevs. And he starts getting achy, Brandon. <laughs> Peggy walks over to her bag and then just watches as Charles takes off the rest of his clothes. And we see his butt cheeks and everything. Woo! Oh my god, I've been waiting all five episodes for butt cheeks. I finally got him. <laughs> she gets all panicky, right? And she backs up and she hits this big grandfather clock. And she puts her hands on her face. She's all like, oh, butt cheeks! You know? Yeah. As you would. She's blinded by the moon. <laughs> She's like, oh, my eyes! <laughs> Cut to a little later, and Peggy's walking into the living room with her bags, and she hands them to Nakey Charles, and he says thanks. And she walks behind him, and, and Charles stands up, showing his butt again, and he puts a robe on, saying that he wishes he had a drink. Peggy's all, well, you, you got other things, you know, uh, like each other. Charles lights up a cigarette saying, yeah, right, each other. And Peggy starts taking off her clothes a little bit, saying, you're not really attracted to me, are you? My aunt was right, wasn't she? You only married me for my money. And she starts kind of crying a little bit, and she puts on her robe. But Charles throws the cigarette down, saying, aw, come on, honey, don't be silly. You know I love you. And he smooches her. And Peggy says, do you really, though? And Charles hugs her, saying, yeah, for totes. I want you, too. <laughs> and he rolls his eyes behind his behind her back. And she hugs harder, saying, you do? And Charles starts caressing her face, saying, yeah, of course I do. Remember all the times I was trying to have some sexy time with you before we got married, but you were all no way, Jose? Peggy says that she wanted to keep herself perfect for this night. Charles says he knows, but Peggy hugs him, saying, oh, hell no, you don't. You don't know how important it is for me to make sure this night is totally perfect. Yeah, she's like way into the idea of this this wedding night being perfect. But the actual wedding itself, she didn't seem to give a shit about at all. No, that wedding like, was Like she's worst. loaded and she's just like, courthouse wedding, whatever. Here, my aunt's here, let's go. Let's all wear black because that's what you do in a wedding. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's weird. Just say that. Yeah. That's she also weird. looks like Ray Perlman. <laughs> I mean, she's like a less attractive rib problem. Yeah. Charles gets all smoochy on her and picks her up and takes her to the couch, but Peggy tries to stop his advances. Charles does stop and is all, what? I thought this is what you wanted. And she says, well, oh, it is, but, but not like this. Charles thinks this shit's perfect, though. There's a storm outside, there's a fire on the fireplace, but Peggy wants to do it, it in a bed. good. I know, right? So Charles agrees, saying, anything to please my wife. There's a lot of, like, Charles is, like, kind of sarcastic and, like, rolls his eyes a whole bunch at all this. Like, he's clearly not yeah, into Peggy. He, yeah, he is going through the motions here. It's it's interesting. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your vacant house break-in. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we have. We are just so thankful for you spending some time with us. For all sorts of bonus content like early release episodes, plot points, t-shirts, stickers, and more, sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. We have plenty of tiers with unique rewards for each of them. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth Beneswitch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Preston, the Silver Goth, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, and Meredith, the Golden Day Day, Sarah, Matthew, Faith, Christy, Mr. Normal, Angela, and Keith, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I really appreciate it. 
You can find us on social media too. We're at UAN Pod on Twitter and at Up All Night Podcast on Instagram. On top of that, we've got our Discord server, our TikTok channel, and more. Check out the episode description for a link. You can hang out with me live a few nights a week. On Wednesday nights on Instagram, starting about 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we watch full-length episodes of horror anthology shows. You can check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc, where I play video games live. I've got plenty of goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and Tales from the Crypt soundbites and videos for you guys to enjoy. I've been working on playing every Final Fantasy game and just started up Final Fantasy IV. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening into the show. We appreciate each and every one of you, I promise. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye. The couple head out of the room and they find some stairs and there's a ticking noise, right? And Charles is all, what the fuck is, why is this clock ticking? And Peggy stops halfway up the stairs saying that the sound makes her feel safe. So Charles shrugs and he heads up the stairs where there's a gorgeous lit chandelier, Brandon. Mm, That chandelier looks amazing. Mm -hmm. He calls out for Peggy at the top of the stairs and Peggy says, she's in here. And they walk into a bedroom with a completely made and not in the slightest suspicious bed. Peggy declares that this shit is beautiful and walks up saying, wow, so totally weird that the bed looks freshly made. There's also a shit ton of candles everywhere and Peggy tells him to get those lit and she'll go get changed. So Charles sighs and agrees to do this. Yeah, she keeps pointing out like, huh, it looks like a fire's been made here recently. Huh, it looks like this bed has been recently made. (laughs) And this porridge is too hot. Oh my god. This is also weird, right, Charles? So crazy. What? What is? Why this? is she pointing these things out? She's, she sucks. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Everyone sucks. Yeah. You know what? All we've had is shit characters. Where's our like heroes? You know? I don't know. They're they're all various shades of unlikable. I think that's kind of the point. But I kind of want to. I want an episode where there's like a good character. Give me something to. You know, play off of here, but that's fine. Whatever. It's not this episode. <laughs> we see for like two seconds that Peggy's washing her face and she calls out, This is perfect, isn't it? And Charles pretty sarcastically says, Absolutely, my darling. <laughs> he chuckles a little, then says to himself, Yeah, right. The perfect honeymoon, starting the perfect marriage with the perfect wife. And then he fondles the gun from the car and sets it down next to a boatload of candles on a little table. We get a little scene of Peggy changing her clothes and putting on some saucy stuff. There's leggings, there's some underwear. It's crazy. <laughs> I put it in my notes. She's got leggings and all that jazz. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah, saucy. It's accurate. She slathers on some lipstick and slaps makeup on her eyes and asks, Are you in bed yet? And Charles, he is in bed and he's just laying there saying, Yup, I'm totally in bed. She says that she'd do anything for him. And Charles checks his watch, saying, Yeah, I'd do anything for you, too. Then to himself, he says, And your bank account. Oh. What was that, Charles? Huh, Charles? Did you say something (laughs) additional? Something about a bank account? (laughs) I'm right here, you know. After all this time, Peggy finally walks into the bedroom, and damn, where am I putting my note? Damn, does she look like Ray Perlman from Matilda? (laughs) 
Charles gawks at her a little confused because she ain't never been sexy like this before. In fact, he loves it. Yeah, it works for him. Which, you know, good, good for, for you, them, Charles. Yep. <laughs> Peggy kind of sinisterly smiles at him saying, Good, because I want this to be as perfect for you as it is for me. It is going to be perfect, isn't it? Charles is all, as perfect as I can make it. Then, Brandon, we get about a full two-minute sex scene that's just straight out of a porno with screaming (laughs) and a grandfather clock that just shatters. It's pretty outrageous, Brandon. I didn't write it. cartoonishly ridiculous. It's so long, Brandon. It's, oh my god. It's literally a fucking porno, goddamn. There's no yeah, additional but like, butt cheeks or anything. Nothing, nothing good about it. Like, there's nothing there for you to be like, woo, woo. You don't I, even get. I don't know. No boobs. Not even the Charles's butt cheeks making another appearance. It's ridiculous. What am no, I? Saying? You get nothing. Why am I paying for HBO? <laughs> Just grunting and screaming. <laughs> so stupid. For like, yeah, like two minutes. Like I, I that part. What I do is I watch the episode. And then later on, I go back and I watch it and do my notes so I know what character is what and all that. And I just literally, when I did my notes, just like fast forwarded for two minutes because there's nothing that happens. There's no substance or anything. It's literally just screaming and grunting and and clock explodes for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was watching this episode while waiting for a train. So I was just sitting at the train station. And I was I was sitting alone, but someone came and sat next to me while I was watching this scene. Of course they did. And I would just yeah, I sheepishly <laughs> hid my phone and turned it off and was just like, well, I'm just listening to music now. I'm just, you know, just listening to sounds of nature. <laughs> After that nonsense, Peggy tells Charles that they totally made a child and it's only this big. And she uses her fingers to show the size of a gummy bear or maybe a potato chip crumb whatever you fancy you know yeah but that's not how it works at all (laughs) peggy doesn't know (laughs) yeah she just think he just shot the baby straight in there and it's just it's already the size of a it's just growing (laughs) charles smooches them fingers and says yeah it was perfect peggy agrees saying as perfect as it'll ever get that scene fades, and now we're looking outside, and the storm is over. And we pan over to the room with all of its candles. We see Charles is just kind of sleeping in bed. Then we hear a car door slam, and it wakes Charles up. And he looks for Peggy for a second, which I thought was kind of sweet, before we hear some laughing from outside. So Charles gets up, and he looks out the window to see an old, like, 1950s-looking car. And there's a man and a woman outside, and they hug and they smooch. And Charles is all, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, as you would. I mean, I just assume like, oh, maybe it's like the homeowners that are back, you know, maybe something like that. But it's not. The man tells the woman, it looks like someone needs some cooling off. And the woman says, yeah, let's do it inside. So Charles gets out of the room and to the staircase where he sees the couple. And the man is carrying the woman across the threshold and gives her a big old smooch. And the woman just totally wants him, and he wants her, and they start to head upstairs. But the woman, who sounds suspiciously like Peggy, says, Nah, hell with that shit. I want to do it someplace special, not just some lame bed. So they go over to the living room area, and they rip each other's clothes off, and they finally make it over to the couch. So special. Yeah, yeah. It's the most special moment of their lives, for sure. 
They talk about making this one real special and perfect. And Charles makes his way downstairs and watching these two. He just sits there and watches these two get it on on the couch. Like for a while, too, right? <laughs> yeah, another two minutes. Yeah, our second sex scene. The actress is Peggy, and then the other guy is not Charles. It's some other dude. So 1950s looking Peggy keeps yelling that this shit's so perfect, and he, she scratches this dude's back with her nails. And Charles backs up to the grandfather clock saying that she didn't love him either. And uh, the clock bongs a few times, and over with Charles, he slides to the floor saying, Why did she marry me? Then, then Brandon, his amazing yeah. acting stills just kick in, and he grunts saying, It doesn't matter. What matters is the marriage certificate is real. <laughs> and she is mine. And every goddamn penny she's got in the world is mine, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. This is going to be literally just filled with the clips of him talking because I can't do it justice. It's just amazing. Oh, it's so good. With Peggy, she says, Alan, I love is complete now. We made a baby girl and she's only this big. And she uses her fingers to show us the size of like a dime or a piece of hubba bubba. You know, whatever you're fancy. <laughs> Charles That's is over. That's not how it works. <laughs> Are you sure, Brandon? I don't know. I'm trying to think maybe this is how it works. Two girls can't be wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Maybe you're just stupid. <laughs> oh, Charles is over there watching, and he complains to himself, saying that I believed her when she said she was a virgin. I believed her! No, <laughs> she said she was a virgin! <laughs> <laughs> With Peggy, she stands up and says... And this is how love should always remain, my dearest. And we look at this guy, this Alan fella, and he's sleeping on the couch because he's all tuckered out, Brandon. He's sleepy. Mm -hmm. Peggy says this love was clean and sweet and passionate, but time sours it, and that ain't happening to their love. So she grabs that giant axe off the mantle, saying she's going to keep it exactly as it is and preserve it for always. She ain't letting time spoil their love, Brandon. Charles wonders for a second where the axe is, because apparently he didn't see Peggy grab it. And Peggy... Hard to miss. Yeah, right. Really thought. It's a pretty big, giant, axe. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous looking. Well, Peggy's all like, wake up, my darling. Wake up! And she yells for Alan to wake up, and she lifts up the axe. He does, and she's all, good, now go back to sleep. And she chops down on this dude a whole bunch of times. Yeah, she tries. It's, um... <laughs> she tries to drop that axe. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. She fails. It's pretty wonky. Wonky is probably it, the best word to describe this. Like, the sound effects are trying to sell it that she's just whacking into this guy with this axe. But this actress is just, like, very slowly lifting it up and kind of, like, setting it down. Yes. Over and over again. It is not convincing at all. You're right. It's pretty bad. Charles runs in to stop her, but like what he he like runs to tackle Peggy, but he phases right through her. This is funny part. Like he, he he runs through her and then he like goes for a second attempt and he's all like flailing around and stuff and it looks silly. Charles then comes to the conclusion that this isn't Peggy, but a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Damn, right? fucking twist up the story brandon's ghosts peggy sits down next to alan saying see i'm 
preserving our love. With Charles, he comes to the realization that Alan was Peggy's dad's name, but he died before Peggy was born, Brandon. Oh shit. Peggy's mom killed her husband in this house on their wedding night. That was the night Peggy was conceived. <gasps> we get a cool little shot, I guess, of Peggy smooching Alan's dead body, and she draws back, and there's, like, blood dripping from her lips. And then she says, Don't you think Peggy would be a nice name for our little girl? No. Yes, it would, Brandon. You're wrong. Charles is <laughs> okay, acting sorry. chops. They come back in full force, and he yells, Ah, oh, please, please, God, let me be dreaming. <laughs> let me be dreaming! <laughs> please, God! <laughs> <laughs> then he snaps awake in bed yelling and peggy's standing over him and so he was dreaming it was a whole it was the, a dream the whole time brandon <laughs> and he dreamed they were ghosts and that he went through them yes yes he did <laughs> why did they have to be ghosts if he was just dreaming it anyway because i think it like look this is kind of like a tale of the quicksilver situation remember in that episode and i only remember this because i watched it not too long ago on a watch party where the main character dreams up the part where Laura gets burned to a sizzled crisp in her room. And he, like, tries to slap her with his hand, but it goes right through her. It's the same thing, Brandon. Okay. So more ghost logic. Yeah, ghost stuff. She scares him a second, and she tells him, whoa, easy. It was just a nightmare. And she offers to get him a towel and asks what he was dreaming about. And he says, oh, it was about your parents. Uh, he dreamt that her mother killed her father in this house on their wedding night. <laughs> Why would you say that? Dude, I don't know. He's a dumbass, okay? I, I know he's new at being married, but, like, no. You don't do that. He's a fucking dumbass, and he's great at acting, <laughs> and he's got butt cheeks, so, you know. Peggy stops in the doorway saying, That's weird, because that's exactly what fucking happened that night. <laughs> Why would she say that? Why would she know? <laughs> She pulls out that gigantic axe saying, and I want what my mother had, a perfect honeymoon, a perfect love that I can make sure that time doesn't spoil. And Charles, this this motherfucker, he sighs a little <laughs> saying, we don't have a perfect love. Peggy, I married you for your money. I've never loved you. <laughs> like, this isn't what you say in this situation, dude. I, I love that. I love that that's his defense. And it gets better. Peggy shakes her head saying, that's not true. And Charles grabs the gun saying, yeah, it is. See, I brought this to kill you on our wedding night. I'm just going to blame it on Dude, burglars. Dude, stop talking. And inherit all your money. He's like, no, no, baby. It's okay. I'm just, I was just going to kill you. I was, I'm, I don't even love you a little bit. See, I brought this guy. Oh, fine. Is, is that right, honey? Oh, I'll put this axe down. <laughs> what was I thinking? Ah, damn, Charles, you're an idiot. <laughs> i'm serious baby i'll kill you right now <laughs> that's that's kind of what happens next peggy with this big axe says yeah but you won't shoot me because after we made love you realized that our honeymoon was perf and you loved me charles shakes his head saying no no i'll shoot you right now <laughs> i swear <laughs> to god dumbass <laughs> peggy thinks that he loves her too much to shoot and he's all want bet and he pulls the trigger <laughs> but it just clicks a couple of times and he looks oh. over and he sees that his bullets are just sitting on the little table next to all those motherfucking candles. And Peggy says, see sweet stuff. I love is perfect. And I'm going to preserve it for always. And he tries to grab the ammo, but Peggy is much too quick for him. So she just slams that ax down over and over <laughs> again. Again, very weakly, <laughs> slowly. Right. 
Yeah. I don't think it would even scratch him, but yeah, he's, uh... Well, you know He's what? getting obliterated. He didn't even try. Here's what you do. You roll, okay? You roll out of that bed, and <laughs> yeah. you try a little bit, but nah. He was like, all right, He well. just sat there like, well, let's see where she's going with I this. I think she might be... She's not gonna do it. She loves me too much. No. Nope. <laughs> nah, he dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's super dead. There's blood everywhere, Brandon, and Charles fucking dies. <laughs> She gently rolls that axe onto him, and he explodes. Peggy's face is just totally dripping in blood, and she says, sleep tight, Charles. And she walks away, and the scene fades. There's so much blood on her, Brandon. She is, like, head-to-toe blood. Yeah, she's juicy. (laughs) Looks good. It does look good, yeah. The next morning, we're outside, and Aunt Edith gets out of her car, asking what all the hubba is... But Peggy happily calls for her, and we see that she's dressed like her old drab self. She's not in sexy lingerie anymore. Peggy runs over giggling and hugs her Aunt Edith, who is also giggling, and she says, Oh, I'm so happy you came. And Edith is all, Well, you called me, so (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Then she asks how her wedding night was. Peggy says it was wonderful, and she's going to have a baby girl. And also, she's only this big. You know, the size of like a, I don't know, a licorice candy. Something like that. Edith thinks that that's is lovely. That's not how it works, dear. <laughs> right? Well, you know what? Edith thinks that's just lovely, okay? She's just going to ignore the <laughs> fact that Peggy's a fucking idiot. Peggy gets serious for a moment, though, and she asks if Aunt Edith is going to love her. And Edith tells her, well, of course I will, dear. Just as I love your mother, and I love you. Only no more men, Brandon. Oh man. Can't tell me what to do. Aunt Edith knows best, okay? It's actually going to be a spinoff sitcom later on, I'm sure. Peggy promises that and then says that she doesn't even need one anymore because she's going to have her little girl. But wait, she's going to need one one day. And Edith says, oh yeah, of course she will. And that just kind of fades us out of the episode, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah, I hope she doesn't have a boy. Oh my gosh, right? Well, she knows. She knows what she's going to have, okay? She knows everything about conceiving and carrying babies. She's basically an expert. Yeah. She's looked at an encyclopedia or two, okay, Brandon? All right. Now we're back with Crypt Keeper, and with Crypty, he's putting on a little top hat, and he's giggling, and then says, talk about family traditions. All you bouncing bachelors out there, a word of warning, before you take the matrimonial plunge, check out the bride's background. Open her closet door and see if any family secrets fall out. Hey, fellas, beware of trifling bitches. (laughs) I'm going to get real with you folks. (laughs) (laughs) Beware of skeletons, unless they're yours truly. And he laughs, and his top hat falls off. And that's it, Brandon, that's the end. (laughs) That's an episode, I guess. (laughs) Man, that was a lot of fun to talk about, I do have to say. I have questions, Brandon. <laughs> oh? You you have questions on this airtight story? Well, my main question is, what mm-hmm. what is up with Aunt Edith? Why, in the beginning, when she knew what everything was planned, why was she like, you're going to regret this? Like, why would she give, like, a warning at all to any of them? Because this episode was written as it went. And they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't know what was going to happen with the gun. And they didn't know if Aunt Edith knew anything, and they didn't even know 
what Peggy knew. You mean like the writers? Yes. Okay. All right. That's fair. It just doesn't make any sense. They just started writing and they were like, hey, what if this happened? But then they're like, wait, this goes against what we established earlier. Ah, doesn't matter. It's fucking dumb, Brandon. That's it, though, Brandon. That's the only question I had about this episode. It's just about Aunt Edith. <laughs> everything else. Is yeah, every, everything tight. else was solid. Those butt cheeks were super tight. It's great. So I don't know. What do you think the moral of this story is, Brandon? Um, I don't think this one had a moral. Everybody was just good and things worked out for everyone. Yeah, I didn't get anything out of this episode. You know what? Maybe I did a little bit. Probably don't marry somebody for their money. You know, that's kind of stupid. You're going to die from an axe every time. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens when you marry people for money. You get axed. I don't know, Brandon. How did she even... Okay, another question arose. How did that woman even get money after murdering somebody? I feel like you would probably get, like, prison time? Hmm. Yeah, that's probably more likely what you'd get. Nope, you get buckets of money and then somebody marries you for it. (laughs) I think the real moral of the story, Brandon, is that the Crypt Keeper looks great in a top hat. He does. He knows how to chop a nice cut of meat. does, too, yeah. He also loves to giggle that hat right off of his head. It's great. Alternate names, though, Brandon? I think we could probably come up with an alternate name. Um, ask me a question. Uh huh. <laughs> That's something. I feel like something with ax would do really nicely here. <laughs> like, lover come hack to me. Like, you could infer ax from that, but it's not, it's not ax enough for me. Charles shot first. Charles in charge. There we go. <laughs> you know what, Brandon? I, with this twist, you know, you said, like, oh, you thought you knew where this was going, and then, like, the the twist kind of thing happened i thought we were gonna get like a time loopy kind of thing you know like he was alan the whole time kind of thing and then we didn't and i was like oh okay i I like my idea a little bit better yeah that would have been exciting now we get this woman that knows exactly how she was conceived and wants that too and it's like i don't know you could have done a little more with it yeah but whatever i didn't know i didn't know who was gonna kill who at the end i mean I had an idea because on the cover, <laughs> cover it is her murdering or attempting to murder. Yeah, but he did have that gun. It could have been a face-off where they killed each other at the end, same time. I wonder if there was like multiple like rights of this episode where different things happened, and they were like, oh, oh, "Let's just go." Oh no, something. <laughs> <laughs> there was a they they barely wrote the version we got. They didn't even proofread it. They're just like, "And done. Let's go. Let's shoot this." But why does he show her the gun at the beginning? Ah, shut up. <laughs> it doesn't fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> it's going to be great. You'll you'll see. Why don't we go ahead and just meet this cast? There's not that many characters, so it shouldn't take very long. Okay. So we have, uh, I mean, there's technically five. No, there's technically four characters in this episode. Apparently, they're like Uncle Edith June. I don't know. Uncle, what's that? What's the boy version of Edith? Edward? Ed? I, I don't know. Uncle Ed, he doesn't get nothing. So we got four characters here. I think we should start with our with our girl Peggy, played by Amanda Plummer. Yeah, and it's not Ray Perlman. I know for sure it's Ray Perlman. <laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> Amanda, she's probably best known. I guess I don't. I've never seen this movie, but she was in Pulp Fiction. She played Honey Bunny. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? Of course, I've seen Pulp Fiction. Do you remember Honey Bunny? Yeah, everyone remembers Honey Bunny. Oh, okay. I guess she's probably the main character. No, not at all. But she, you know, she's got a memorable scenes with Tim Roth in a diner. Okay. All right. Fair enough. She started her career back in 1980 with Cattle Annie and the Little Britches. She played Annie, Brandon. Starring role. Bam. First thing. 
Uh, let's see what else she was in here. It's all downhill from there. The Equalizer. She was in Tales from the Crypt. I never heard of that. Um, the Hidden Moon. Let's see. Sand of the Time. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Uh, she was in Needful Things, Brandon. Do you remember? That's a Stephen King movie slash book. I've heard of, I've heard of the book. I uh, When I worked at the factory, I actually watched Needful Things. Can't remember a goddamn thing about it, though. So <laughs> definitely stuck Must with it. Must have me. been great. Yeah, right. <gasps> she was in something called Butterfly Kiss, which I wish was called Butterfly Kisses, but it's not. Yeah, that, that bothers me, kind of. Yeah, me too. She was in one episode of the TV show Duckman. Do you remember that show, Brandon? I do. Pretty sure Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. She was in Hercules. She was a voice in Hercules. The uh, Who? Clotho? I don't know who that is. Maybe one of the <laughs> goddesses? I don't know. That's not a character. Well, apparently it is. She was also in the video game um, released that same year for the PlayStation. Good for her. Yeah, she's working it. Um, <laughs> get, get that paper. She was in another very short-lived uh, horror anthology show called Night Visions, which is something that I'd like to visit at some point. We have to. Yeah, we, do, we gotta do it. A Thousand and One Ways to Enjoy the Missionary Position. Okay, that's a thing. Okay, she, she's got a thing. Yeah, I'm supposed to see Sex here. and axe murder. That's, uh, she chooses these projects. She was in four episodes of Phineas and Ferb, Brandon. Love that show. See? Another one. <laughs> she was in The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Ooh, recently she was in, uh, this year, Star Trek Picard, which I see, I see commercials for. Sure. I've never once in my life seen anything Star Trek, Brandon. Did I say Star Wars? I don't remember, but anyway. <laughs> I might have, if I did. It doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, Star Trek Picard. Uh, I kind of want to watch it, because I love Patrick Stewart. Well, I've heard from people who like Star Trek that Picard is bad. Oh, what? That's sad. It's on its final season. <gasps> she was in something called Momster. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, she okay. was in a shit ton of stuff, but none of it good or memorable. Exactly. Next up, we got Charles and his butt cheeks, okay? He's played by Stephen Schellen. Certainly he's got a long history of Uh, You know what? He's been in 56 things, but the last thing he was in was Deus Ex Human Revolution. Great game. I've never played it, but he was in it. Uh, He did another video game that we uh, might know a little bit about called Soikiden back in 2008. I I can't say the other word in it. I'm not even going to try. So he was in a Soikiden game. Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde back in 1995. And uh, let me keep scrolling down here. Started his career in 1982 with Spring Fever. Uh, He was in Alfred Hitchcock Presents. He was in Tales from the Crypt. (laughs) Uh, Still Life, The Fine Art of Murder, Brandon. All right. He's got his style. He was in Robocop in 1994. Oh, it was a TV series. Okay, He wasn't in the good stuff. It sucks. Okay. Next. (laughs) Let's go with uh, Aunt Edith. Okay. Played by the late Lisa Figgis, who passed away in 2017. All right. She's got to have a long She's been in 10 things, Brandon, so nope. That's it? Yep. Started things off in 1979 with uh, an episode of The Rockford Files. It's a strong start. And then she took a break, and and then she was in This Wife for Hire in 1985. She was in Mr. Belvedere, Return to Green Acres. Sounds kind of ominous. Uh, Days of Our Lives. She was in one episode out of like a billion episodes that that show has had. And that's about her. Next up, 
<laughs> the last character we're going to talk about who had a speaking voice was Richard Eden, who played Alan. Yeah, I guess he was technically in this episode. He, um, he's been in 63 things. Uh, most recently, 2009, he was in Disappearing in America. Let's scroll down to his first role, which was in 1971, called Trial. That sounds boring. Yeah. He was in Freddy's Nightmares, so maybe we'll see him again someday. He was in Forever Night, Brandon. He was Marty for one episode. Well, that's that's the high point of his career, surely. Uh, he played Alex Murphy in RoboCop, the TV series. I think that probably takes it. That's a pretty, eh. pretty big role. He was <laughs> RoboCop himself. Eh. <laughs> I thought maybe this guy would be like a wrestler or something, but he's not. He's just some dude. And that's our cast, Brandon. That is, uh, that's, that's about all we got for Lover Come Hack to me. <sighs> Sorry. Um, that's yeah. Okay. That's, that's about how I felt. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's some people. Yeah. No, no, like, big star power in this one. No, no. Uh, that's okay. I don't think they all need to have, like, super mega stars, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff, but, uh. But they should. They, they could. They should, and they should. Maybe the next episode will delight us with its star-studded performance. Do you want to know what it's called? Yeah, what do we got? Next episode is called Collection Completed. Oh. So definitely, uh, if you don't mind me going first here, it's definitely going to be about, uh, you know, like a postage stamps. Like some dude is like, I finally got the last stamp. And then they come out with a whole bunch of new ones. And it's like that episode of Twilight Zone where the guy's like, I got these glasses, but I can't read anything. You know, it's just a never-ending collection of, like, I'm done, but now there's more. I mean, that's, that sounds like an existential nightmare. A bit, yeah. I don't know about a visceral one. What do you think Collection Completed is going to be about? Oh, he's definitely going to be someone who's obsessed with something. Mm-hmm. Maybe model trains or... Train magic uh, girl. Coins. And there's going to be just one that he just can't get his hands on, but someone he knows has it. Oh, no. And he's got to kill them for it. Has to. Because they're probably like, uh, no, I'd rather have this. And he's like, oh, you think so, do you? (laughs) (laughs) I'll put a stop to this. Should I read the little IMDb sentence or so of what it's going to actually be about? Sure, because it's not going to spoil anything. Okay. Uh, This has nothing. I don't know. how. Jonas has been forced into mandatory retirement. He can't relax, though, because Anita's friends are driving him crazy. What the hell kind of description is that? I don't know. It's it's a description for a, like a terrible lifetime movie right. or something. We need to start know. writing better descriptions for these episodes. Good lord! I don't. I don't know what the. Writing. He can't relax though because Anita's friends are driving him crazy. Anita. That means nothing <sighs> to someone who hasn't seen this episode. That means nothing. No, not a single thing. God, Anita, can you just stop a little bit? Give him some, he's in mandatory it's retirement. It's not even her. It's her friends. Fucking Anita. Damn Anita's Anita. Anita's fine. <laughs> Don't blame Anita. <laughs> well, Jonas does, so I feel like I can. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Brandon. We should have a guest on next week, so uh, bada bing, bada boom. I don't, you know, I gotta say, Brad, I don't think we're gonna do a recap of season one, because it's only six episodes. This is literally the season one finale. I think we should just move on to season two and then look at everything as a whole back after it's season It's all been two. building up to this. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's what we'll do. But, I don't know, I'm excited, Brandon. Collection completed. This uh, little summary's got me hyped. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be so good. We'll be like, wow, they were right in that sentence, IMDB. You're so good at writing. 
But, Brian, we have to wait a whole fucking week for that, okay? We are out of oh. here. we got to wait for a week for collection completed. I have literally been up all night, Brandon. I'm going back to sleep. Me too. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Collection completed. We'll, we'll get there. We'll see what this yeah. is. What it's all about. It's going to be about Anita's friends, man. Oh, my God. They're going to be so annoying. <laughs> I'm already annoyed of them. God. Her friends are the worst, but <laughs> let's find out what they're all about next week. So I'm out of here, Brandon. See you. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the marriage certificate is real.